listening to What We Say in the Shadows, dedicated to the FX show What We Do in the Shadows. Join us as we suck you into the world of the vampires of Staten Island. So sit back, relax, let your guard down, and join the ride in our journey to total domination. Hello, and welcome to... What we say in the shadows. I know I sound a little sad. It's not the last one yet. Why are you I know, saying? but it's the precursor, and uh. they kind of felt like the same episode. <laughs> they ran one into the other. They, I was going to say, on Hulu, they're listing them separately, and there is a opening credit sequence. or Yeah, credit sequence on the... Oh, was there an opening credit sequence when we watched it? Yeah. Okay, was. I think it was. As I'm saying that, I'm like, wait a minute. I think there was a cold open, but there was still an opening credit sequence. Never mind. Yeah. It just felt yeah. you're right. I guess I'm trying to agree with you. It did feel like the same <sighs> one running episode. So we are here, gathered here, to speak about Season 5, Episode 9, A Weekend at Morrigan Manor. And what way to round out the season than the way we began with our special guest, Quint. Hello. How you doing? And of course, Matt. Ask me. So let's see what the IMDb says. Uh, the housemates are invited for a weekend away. Dark greetings. For oh, at the- <laughs> <laughs> I figure if I embed it, it's no. there. Uh, for a weekend away at the home of a mysterious, illustrious vampire. There's no way that you could not be vague about this. Yeah. That's because true. you would give right. it all away. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and in essence, I, that's it. I mean, I kind of feel like, you know, the way they set up the open and, and that they kind of, to me, they gave it away. I, I knew exactly what was going on here. We all kind of knew this was coming. Right. The clues were yeah. there. I mean, from the, from the get go, the little asides yeah. and yeah. the little jabs and right. stuff. And then it just blew up on yeah. this one. Yeah. So, Matt, what are the details on this okay. episode? Okay, director is Kyle Nowicek, is written by William Many and Paul Sims, which Paul Sims, I think, was the second one he did this episode. He's, I believe, ex- executive producer? Mm. Is that right? I think so. Are you Were you agreeing or were you thinking? I was agreeing. Oh, okay, I couldn't tell from that, the sound you made. IMDb 8.3, which now is pretty much making local news and Pride Parade the clear winners of the season. We'll find out on the next episode, but spoiler alert, I've already saw that score as well, so. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I don't know. This was one of my favorite of the season, though. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a thing. I mean, apart from uh, hybrid creatures, can think of the name. Everything's 8 point something. That's 7.5 right now. But so it's, you, you could... Pick, Agreed. Pick nine out of ten episodes, and you're only within a few decimals of another one that might be beating it or second to it. So there is, there's almost no wrong pick this year, except for hybrid creatures, apparently. Yeah. And, and- hell, half the more than half the sitcoms airing right now, or or pre writer strike, wish they wish they had a seven point five as their highest episode. So that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, no, they've been killing it. I, I, this, <clears throat> I think they had, there was a season or two where there were some misses, but, mm-hmm. um, and I mean, I've heard you guys talking about this on other episodes, but yeah, the season is just nailed it. Yeah. They're, they're back to like full, full force again. I, I think 
I think this season, although although we did uh, curse it by saying, "Oh, there can't be any misses," and then hybrid know, creatures yeah. happened, <laughs> um, which again, not, take that out of it and put yes, the night school in it. That's a good story. It is a good story. So I mean, beyond that, it, it it's been a solid, solid season. Yeah. Uh, and and there's no better way to end than with this episode and the next episode. They were just, I I felt like they ended on a real high note. Uh, so let's talk about our takeaways. So Quint, what is your first takeaway from a night at Morgan Manor? Jeez, I I hate it when I always have to go first. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, it, it's a throwaway line, but um. I, I just I couldn't stop laughing at it and it's in the cold open and Colin Robinson starts talking about the sour cream sale <laughs> and Laszlo shuts him down and then the guide comes in and starts talking about her art and Laszlo's like tell me more about this sour cream sale Colin <laughs> yeah. Robinson. and I just I just fucking lost it I was like oh my god this is this is you know if, if this is how the lines are gonna go we're we're in for a good episode Painting the yeah. intoxicating elixir of the weary mind. Who's, Who's the artist? I am. Tell me more about that sour cream sale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I another thing that hit me this time around uh, with that line specifically is like Laszlo's affectation of of saying the person's name when he's speaking to them. I didn't really realize how much he did it until I heard that line and it just clicked that if you go back, he you, he does that a lot, especially with Colin. Well, he has a, he raised him. <laughs> <laughs> well, apart from, apart from Guillermo, no, he's, I see what Quinn's saying. So, but he's, Quinn's right. I think he's like, he, oh, and he always, well, no, I was going to say he refers to her own by first and last name, but he doesn't because he doesn't say Con Nadia. Of course, he rarely calls her by her name too. He usually has some kind of pet name right. or description yeah. for her. But everybody, yeah, I, I think mean, almost I, everybody refers to Colin as Colin Robinson. Yep. Now that I think about it, we, I think I figured out deja vu. I think we've had this conversation before in, in the past five years. Oh yeah. Okay. And even Guillermo. Yeah. Even Guillermo, yeah. Everybody. He is not just Colin. He's Colin Robinson. But I mean, Lazlo even does it when he's like talking to Sean or talking to you know various other characters. He's just he always puts. If it's not the full name, it's the name is in there. Yeah. And gotcha. and it's just that, that kind of an interesting affectation that I hadn't noticed or at least hadn't consciously noticed before. All right, Matt, your oh, first takeaway. Boy. Okay, I'm going to go right towards uh, the third act, I guess you'd say. And it's like the first time I got something right in the five years of <laughs> predicting how things are going to happen. And <laughs> and it was that the guide was behind the hex, not only behind the events in this episode, but just taking that out of this and just putting the hex in there. She was, she did make up the hex to mm -hmm. get teach her a lesson, teach her a lesson. And I, I guess in a sense, an early form of this test that she's now putting everybody through, I guess maybe this is the start of all that. Mm -hmm. But yes, finally, after five years of guessing 10,000 things wrong, I finally got one right. And then I got a half one right next episode. Only yes. half. Half, yes. I got it conceptually right. Yes. But that goes back. This is what's actually, um, now that I'm thinking about it, I didn't have this in my notes. The context clues are 
the same for this episode as they are for the hex. Like everything that led to Nadja believing she was a hex was something the guide the found. guide found, yeah. And and even the picture that she's had all season, all of a sudden there's something else on the bottom of this picture yeah. that the guide found. And, and we already know that the guide is a witch. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I didn't think of that. That yep. she's dabbled in witchcraft when yeah. she brings back all the all the dead souls. Yeah. And then yep. And then from the get go, from this episode, it's all the guide. The guide happens. Why would you take someone's mail and put it in your purse just to walk through the front door? It's like that was her backup plan for today. Yeah. And then the whole she effortlessly finds all the messages. Yep. In there. And then I actually had a note was the tape recorder her voice, but then she actually does the voice later, which I forgot later in the episode. Yeah. So that was there too. So yeah, every, every like the, she's behaving in no different manner than we've seen her this season when it comes to that. No, I think I think I love as much as 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 I've noticed the comments about like, "Oh, it's so great to see her in the opening credits, but then she's not there." Yeah, I know. And that's the point, I yeah. think. Because mm-hmm. by the time you get, we almost don't see her in essence until this last episode where, or this episode where she just breaks free and just is the center of the episode. She got her episode more she did. or less, she basically. Did. I think so, actually. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think that whole thing in the credits was the writers playing that long game with us all season long. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. mean, we. You know, a lot of us saw it coming, and and I, it was pretty well telegraphed. But but at the same time, you didn't know exactly what was going on and what she's doing, and and there was also hints at like maybe more of a, a, a you know a hidden motive behind all of this stuff. But no, no, there wasn't. It was just <laughs> she didn't like being ignored. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then she took matters into her own hands, as I'm yes. sure we're going to discuss here. Yes. My first takeaway is going to be something that I th- I actually was a little disappointed that they didn't take further. And it would be Colin's facial hair. <laughs> yeah. So we're introduced to the fact that after maybe, what, a few hours drive, like 200 miles, that I, I, I have no concept of time, of how much that would be time-wise, probably. Well, maybe average 60, uh, 60 miles an hour, so two hours, three hours. Three hours would be 200 or 180 miles, so three, four hours. Okay, so three, four hours they're in the and car. And I'm assuming that car is not going more than 60 miles an hour, judging by the amount of luggage yeah. that was on top yeah. of it. I not can't be. Guillermo's driving. <laughs> and Guillermo's yeah. driving. And I believe it was also a station wagon. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. those three factors. So we find out that Colin has to shave like three times a day. Right. And not just his face. And not just his face. Um, (laughs) But my thing was, and and I love the fact that he starts out and he's in the car and he's got the the mustache, but then it sort of like compounds with the little soul patch underneath the little Hercupero kind of thing. I was going to say that he's got the, the, I don't even know what you call them, the waxed ends that curl up like a... old. (laughs) You look like he should be drinking craft beer. Yeah, and solving Um, mysteries on a train. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it was almost like a Perot impersonation, right? Yeah, and that's that was the whole. The, he starts speaking French. Yeah, yeah. and uh, but I, if they tell me that you have to shave three times a day, I wanted more facial hair. I wanted like flat out <laughs> lumberjack beard on the man by the by the end of the episode, but it stopped. 
Like it stopped at that little Hercule Poirot uh, facial hair and it bothered me. Dang it. I wanted to see him <laughs> with a I wanted to see him with a full beard. <laughs> but it's and the I, I, irony of it all is that he's bald. Yes. Except every right. except, except everywhere else right. apparently. Yep. Which is probably a subtext to that joke that Probably. Yeah, I needed I to point out to myself to laugh at. <laughs> all right. So Quint, your second takeaway. <clears throat> this sucks trying to just um, <laughs> yeah. whittle these down. Um, uh, okay. Um, I'm going to go with, with Nadja going up the, the bell tower. Um, on the way to the bell tower, the interaction between her and the guide is just amazing. Like, the guide's like, do you want to see my art before we go? Not just like, I saw some art last year. So I'm here. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then like a heartbeat later, they're talking like chums. And, and she's like, Laszlo is not just my husband or my number one fuck buddy, but he's also my best friend. And that's how I'm going to be introducing my wife in the future. <laughs> I decided as... that that would work for, for Matt as well. Yeah, That's fine. Um, yeah. Uh, and that just that whole interaction between them, um, I thought they had a lot of good chemistry in that scene. And just like the back and forth between them was was really good. Uh, and then obviously when when Nadia escapes, which he thinks is certain doom um, and, and ends up in certain doom, uh, it's just <laughs> a great uh, physical gag as well. I I loved that that whole gag with the. She she she. <laughs> She has that opportunity. She's like, help, help. She's like, I'm helping. I'm coming to help. And just walks away. Walks away. I loved, I have this in my notes, and I was actually going to talk about it as a whole, but maybe it's, this is my, it's, it's not story driven. It might be more of a, a big bite thing, but I absolutely love the lighting in that scene. Mm-hmm. The, like the orange gold of the lanterns, and then the they use like a purple highlight. On top of that, I I thought that was it, and and when I noted that, I started to realize I just loved the lighting of this entire episode. the The way the manor was lit with green and purple, and there was a kind of a blue the lightning and, strike. Pur- yeah, that happened mm-hmm. and when you know when it it showed the it showed what looked like a skull and sword. Yeah, uh, in right. the yeah. background, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, and and just like all the lighting that you're already talking about. And then that, that really good, like white blue sort of flash that, that showed that quick, quick picture or quick, quick silhouette. Um, but yeah, I agree. The, the lighting was great. Yeah. Cool. Matt, your what? second. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I, man, there's a lot. So I will go with, I'll go back to, well, not at the beginning, but the beginning of the, the, um, um, matter part the only because it's a new character trait and i'm wondering if now here's where i don't know where reality and 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 story meet laszlo fencing because it's clearly matt berry on the first shot because Mm -hmm. they they hold the camera until he takes his mask off i'm wondering if they incorporated this because he is a practiced fencer, if that's a hobby of his, or if it just went with the uh, Matt Berry's, I mean, not just Laszlo, yeah. or if they just did it for Laszlo, because then there's most of this 
Matt Berry could be Matt Berry, but there's a couple, particularly the backflip off the the pommel horse, where it would not be Matt Berry. So I'm wondering if it was. It's you know, it's like some films and movies incorporate a actor's personal hobbies so that they can kind of not show off, but it makes it more realistic if you don't need a stunt double. I wonder if Matt Berry is a fencer and if it was written for him or not. I don't know, but I put in Matt Berry. Can Matt Berry fence? And the first thing that comes up is mastering the fe- basics of fences, fencing from Toast of London. Oh, okay. So maybe, yeah. <laughs> I haven't watched all Toast of London, so I wonder if he does some of that in there too. But then on top of know. on top of that, the the constant multiplication of adversaries was fun. Like yes. they they kept they kept the movement really good that when you would switch from one camera angle to another, there was another set. I wrote it down. I went from two to four to six to 16. It felt like there was more transitions in that, but I think it's just really well done yeah. camera work. And yeah, that was a good scene. I enjoyed that a lot. That was yeah, and I, I, creepy. I especially like the whole, um, like the whole time they're multiplying. He's just like, I'm for it. Yeah. This yeah. gives you guys a fighting chance. Yeah. And then that last multiplication, he's like, Oh fuck! <laughs> that was, a, that was a, the very end was great because he just takes his mask off and goes, "Oh shit!" and he closes his eyes like <laughs> like I don't want to mm-hmm. see what's about to happen to me yep. particularly. That was great. That was a great way to <laughs> go into commercial. Yep. Uh, let's see. I have so many things. I have the whole thing with a. Uh, Colin and Nandor playing chess and (laughs) neither one of them knows how to play chess. In fact, Nandor at one point uses both hands and moves two pieces at the same time. And then what did Colin had a great line. Colin replies with, with uh, two moves at once old strategy. (laughs) (laughs) I particularly love that because they're sitting there staring and then Colin finally breaks. How do you move this? And he's like, I don't know how to play this shit. I thought you knew how to play this shit. Because chess is something I've always wanted to learn, I think, almost my entire life. And I, like, start and I get bored and I still have no fucking clue how to play chess at all. I just I mean, ended up playing the it, basics, like... But... I know how most of the pieces move, but that's... And not enough. That's the thing. Not all of them. So I kind of get stuck. I can move my pawns, my knights, and my... What is this called? Rooks. Everything else just stays on there because I don't know what to do with them. What's the horsies? That's the knights. Okay. It's the L. It's one up, three over, or one, three up, one over. Basically, three in one direction, one in another. This is why I like checkers. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I know the rules to chess, and I, I used to play it on and off, but it's one of those things where you can play chess and you can get to uh, to a point where you understand the game and you know how to play the game. And if you're playing against other people who are of your experience, it's fun. But then you get to a point where all of a sudden you really need to start studying the strategies and studying all of the in-depth stuff. And it's just like, that's where they lose me. See, I don't even want to do that. I just want to get the basics down. I just, I never got past the rook, I guess, apparently. Yeah. I need to, I need to download. What was the, what was the, there was a chess game for the PC for the longest time. <laughs> looks like shit now, but it was, it was probably it was like chess master. The little guy, not the little guy, but the old guy with the beard and the, holding onto the chess pieces look like a wizard. <laughs> Anyone know what I'm talking about? Something? No. Quint, you don't I, know that? Nope. Okay. Let me, I'm I'm not, play that, that up. 
Let's see. Now you gotta find out what it was. Old PC chess game. Uh, oh, of course, it doesn't have anything that I'm talking about. Never mind. Because you made it up. No, I um, did not. You made it up. <laughs> battle chess, battle chess, because you'd move. That's the one I'm talking about. I finally found it. And you, you would move your piece, assumingly. I never played because I couldn't play it, but you, they, you'd move your piece. And then when you got to the point of stealing another piece, there was a little like animated fight between them. I see. Oh, stop it. No, I'm chess, looking at it. Chessmaster 3000 is the one with the old guy. Look that one up, smarty pants. Oh, Battle Chess is on Steam. You can fucking download it and play it. Uh, does it have a tutorial? Because otherwise I'm fucked. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. <laughs> All right, Quint, we Chess are... Chess Master's available for Game Boy Color. Awesome. Game Boy Color, oh God. <laughs> All right, Quint, we are on your final takeaway. Okay. Um. Oh, I can save that for Big Bite. Um, all right. So when Colin is right at the point where Colin is right before he gets captured, um, when he's grilling Guillermo. Yes. And we get to the, I mean, a lot of it's kind of funny. The back and forth and and all of uh, Colin's assumptions are just like, well, that's kind of stupid. Um, and then he gets to the end and he's like, he's like, uh, uh, is it something like the last person alive inherits the house? And Jim <laughs> yeah. was like, no. Colin's like, yeah. Even I was as I was saying it out loud, it didn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, oh my god. Uh, the lead up uh, that was great too. Do you have that, Christy? It or? was. I don't, because I was just, like, enjoying it. I, well, Colin accused him of the disappearances. He's like, why would I do that? Because you know that Nandor are eventually going to find out, and you're going to get your, you get yourself turned into a vampire and by someone other than him. So why not just kill Nandor? Why kill everybody else? Um, because we know your secret. Okay, so then I kill everyone because I want to keep a secret from Nandor. Then I still kill Nandor, too. And he goes, huh. <laughs> and that's what he gets, that's when he starts <laughs> questioning the whole yeah. game aspect of it. Yeah. It was just yeah, that whole the whole interaction between those two was just and and Colin it, you know he he is definitely in that whole Perot sense of character at that point in time cuz even after that he as soon as the guide comes in he drops a french line and just <laughs> yeah, like it's touche uh, no, it was she, he said that but he said like ah oh, it was basically holy mackerel oh, in yeah. french i i, wrote, I you yeah. know i put it through google translate and then forgot to note down the original phrase but yeah <laughs> yeah all right, so he's he's got that whole perot thing going on as he's questioning Guillermo, which i think just made it that much funnier all right. Oh, yeah, that's number three. That's your number three. All right, Matt, your final takeaway. Okay. Oh, man. Um, I think for me, uh, man, there's so much I want to talk about, but I think for me, for the, the biggest takeaway in this, I think was was the final, like the the official reveal. There was, like I said, there was hints the whole time that this was the guide from the, from the opening sequence, but the final reveal... Where she's, she comes in from uh, 
Nandor uh, abandoning her, and she gives this really, really long speech about being nice to people, and one act of kindness can go a long way, and all this, and and on and on and on, and then finally, um, oh, let me find the exact line. Uh, the guide says, "Do you know what it's like?" To know that there's a whole group of buddies, and no matter what you do, they'll never see you as part of the group. And Guillermo goes, "I do." For all those years, I just I was just a familiar. She's like, "I'm sorry, Guillermo. I wasn't talking to you. I was asking him." And Colin goes, "Oh, Celtics won. Noise." <laughs> <laughs> and then to that, the guide goes, "Fuck it. These all can't be clever." And she flips open that statue and hits the button, and he gets slid down to the dungeon. That was that was like that's just. The best way you could have handled her being done with this and and cutting to the chase. It was so I was I was dying. I mean I knew that's where I was. As soon as her speech went on for like more than ten seconds, I was like I know exactly where this is going. But to see it actually unfold on screen was awesome, and she did a great job with it. I thought I was yeah. so excited to to have her featured this this episode because she's just she's she's an awesome character. Yeah, and uh, in fact my. My final takeaway has a lot to do with uh, her reveal. Okay. And it has to do with her stocking board in the basement. <laughs> okay. I didn't look at it that closely. With the Let's strings. So I, I, wrote, I stopped it and wrote it down because uh, I was actually listening to another podcast and they were actually going through the the things that were on the banners when they're they're trying to buckle up from the from the villagers because <laughs> they think they're going to get stormed in the house and Laszlo's thinking of all those those uh those strategies and they read right. off of them and I'm like damn it I've got to f- pay attention to the little easter eggs and see what I can pay attention to and I I so I I called it the stalker board and it's a sketch with the guide and Nandor Pretty much with her with her foot in a bear trap and the words, what will he decide? <laughs> Damsel in distress. And right near the ankle of the sketch, it says, ouch. <laughs> That's cute. And then it, in the corner, it says, use humans to drive target toward hidden net. <laughs> and then then it goes to a sketch of Colin. Uh-huh. And it says, uh, and it's still, and it's, lure- they're all miniature versions of her oil yes. painting portraits. I thought that was yes. a nice touch too <laughs> with the wrong glasses on Colin. Yes. Uh, lure target to location, offer target final chance, and then the button, hidden button, and then a click in quotations on the button, and it goes, fall down. Fall down. <laughs> uh, Nadja, it has her picture and says, Will be easy to use the pretense of looking for him. Ah, okay. And then the sketch of Laszlo, it's a, all it says is overwhelmed with numbers. Ah, yeah. There you go. So I I I love the detail that they put That's on good, these little because yeah, it's everything that happened. Yeah. Everything that happened happened to her master plan. She knew this was going to happen. And it's kinda sad that yeah, you're just what you just said. It's kinda sad that she predicted none of them would be nice to her and had everything ready for that too which is funny because she does refer to him at the beginning as my vampires yeah that's right yeah she did i was like oh so sad (laughs) sad so sad but it i think i I, we've we've kind of 
hypothesized how this would happen and what kind of way that the the guide would finally have it up to here yeah. and what she would do. I think this is a perfect reaction that's, and it is the perfect embodiment of everything that's built for this season. What I really liked about it, like Quinn said, like from the beginning, you kind of knew this is what was going to be. And you knew at the end she was going to be in some way or another trying to teach them a lesson, but I had no idea about getting from point A to point B. And that was yeah. the fun of this episode. Yeah. I think, uh, like, I, I don't know, maybe this isn't a, uh, something for Big Bite, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. Okay. But I think it's really interesting that out of all of the people that she was pissed off with and and captured and she saved Guillermo, she still fucks over Guillermo the most. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Right? This is true. Yeah. Yes. Like, like, like all of this calculated planning as to how she's going to get back at the vampires and she fucks over Guillermo the most. It's like, but he was the one being nice to you. (laughs) You know, I don't know. I just found that really ironic. But she is a self-centered vampire no matter what. They are all all self-centered. And I think that is one thing that we kind of can gather from this and not to give any spoilers for this, the coming episode. Uh, But the fact that Guillermo still... Like, he's a little bit narcissistic, but never close to any of them. Right. Yeah. He has his little moments, but not not to that extent. That maybe kind of tells you. Hmm. Yeah, but I think it probably takes years of, of just <laughs> this is true. like. Maybe. Like, getting used to being a vampire and realizing you just don't have to give a fuck <laughs> about anything. Yeah. You know? True. Um, and I think <clears throat> I think you know that's how they get to the point where they are, and Guillermo's only in the baby stages of that. True. Yeah, that's a good point. I feel like after this many years, I'm I'm up there. Maybe in vampire <laughs> years, I'm up there. That allures was the phrase, by the way. I uh, just found it. <laughs> gotcha. So we've alluded to the big bite several times, and if you are not aware of what the big bite is. It is something that we do exclusively for our Patreon subscribers and as a thank you for all your support. And we do go on and wax for a long time. <laughs> I wonder what word you're going to follow with that. We, we, we go on at nauseum sometimes about... We, we beat wax these, our chest hairs we, we, on mic. <laughs> just me. <Yeah>. Uh, <laughs> we go in depth and and down the rabbit hole a lot with our big bite. So if you would like to support us on Patreon, and it is patreon.com slash neozaz, and you can hear the deeper dive conversations, which have gone off the rails several times. (laughs) But it is quite amusing to go off the rails and inspired by this show, which often goes off the rails. So- That is the end of our regular episode. We will be following this up. We decided to split up the two-episode finale into two so that we could spread the joy. <laughs> so <laughs> it would be it would be a shame to only pick three takeaways of the two oh, episodes. Yeah. No, no, that no, would, no. We, we oh, would leave yeah. so much out that you'd want to talk about. No, so no. It just makes sense. It does. And, and we will join you next week. Uh, for those of you that are staying on for the big bite. Stay tuned. Thank you, Quint. 
You're welcome. And, and thank you. Thank you, Matt. Zat <laughs> <laughs> And we'll see you next week. <laughs>